0: This episode is brought to you by Menard Premium Detailing, the best auto detail company in Bucks County where convenience meets luxury. They specialize in detailing luxury vehicles, but the limits are endless. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and at MenardPremiumDetailing.com. This episode is also brought to you by Shamrock Sun. Fair-skinned folks like myself are used to getting burned, overpaying for big sunscreens, tiny tubes every other week. It adds up, and it's inconvenient. Well, now it's a thing of the past. Meet Shamrock Sun, your new big-ass bottle of sunscreen delivered by subscription. Check them out on Instagram and at shamrocksun.com. Now let's get to it. All right, welcome back to another edition of Thoughts from the Shade. It is episode 23. We got a lot to get to. A lot happening in this crazy city. The Flyers fired their coach. Um, we've got the four teams selected for the college football playoffs, so we'll look forward to that. But first, we're going to talk to the birds and we'll check in on our guy Bomb on this lovely evening. What's going on, Bomb?
1: What's up, G? Huge, huge weekend! A, a big win over the uh, the franchise dumpster fire that is the New York Jets. Are you feeling it? Are you feeling the the Minshew mania?
0: I am tonight because because of one one reason and one reason only.
1: That's right, folks. Yeah, to deal with the mania, the Minshew mania, we brought on the only guy I know who can deal with it, and that's the maniac. Maniac, what's up, brother? Ah,
2: ah. come to the land of the ice and snow with a midnight thing. thing.
1: Oh.
2: Oh, baby, what a Monday victory! Monday that was waking up today, felt very good. The mania is real, I gotta say it. I mean, a guy who knows. The yak. I'm the maniac, and that was that was your Minshew mania, guys. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming, on, maniac. It's uh, it's been a long time coming, but we're we're glad to have you. So, welcome to Thoughts from the Shade, and we got you here to talk about the mania that is Minshew mania. Uh, Garner Minshew. I, I will say it. He lit it up uh, at least for a half on Sunday against the Jets. Uh, Eagles beat the Jets 33 18 on Sunday to move to six and seven. Um, just sitting outside that last wild card spot in the NFC as they head into the bye week. A um, little different dynamic here with with three guys on the pod. I don't know what we're doing. We're just gonna wing it. Um, Winging but, it. But I guess I don't know what
2: I'm doing. This is my first ever podcast, so I am just totally <laughs> tickled pink to be yeah, making well, my debut here on thoughts from the shade, especially on an Eagles victory Monday. I've been like giving you guys a listen. you guys are doing a wonderful job here, but what did you, what did you think about Gardner comparing him? I mean, obviously let's just cut right to it. Comparing him right to Jalen hurts standing back there. I, I was loving having a, I don't know how to, how to say it like a, just a, a regular standard drop back, throw the ball type of guy not like a hybrid almost looking to run every other play type of situation it was it was refreshing it was cool to see him really kind of divvy the ball out yeah I mean I think he he got through his progressions the ball was
1: was out on time You, you said it maniac I mean just a little bit of a different look is this how the offense under under Sirianni is supposed to look I mean they involved the tight end early, Goddard, and I think uh, there was a big call out from our boy G last week. I mean, he was getting on Goddard like it was nobody's business. I mean, I know Goddard got the bag and all, but like unbelievable. I couldn't believe how quickly you turn on that guy.
0: I mean, it wasn't a complete turn, but when when you ain't got that deal, you got you got to play. And we played the fucking Jets on Sunday. Like well, guess everybody, what?
1: He fucking played yesterday.
0: He, he did, but played. but everybody's getting their flowers against the Jets. Not um, Ranger. No, of course not, Rager. I mean, that that guy couldn't go to uh, produce junction and get his flowers. But, um, I mean, you you look at this game against the Jets, and I I think anybody that liked the Eagles' chances on Sunday, excuse me, anybody that liked the Eagles' chances on Sunday against the Jets had to know that after this game that the Philadelphia faithful would drum up a quarterback controversy, and I feel like I turned on the post game uh, immediately after the game on Sunday, and and that that's what we're talking about. Um, but it, it I I don't know. I mean Sirianni kind of cleared the air immediately after the game, said they're going to go back to Hertz, but it, is it really a controversy? I mean Minshew did a nice job, but we played the goddamn Jets, and they didn't have he didn't have to do anything in the second half.
2: I'll tell you who secured the bag just like our boy Gator uh, Minshew. Minshew secured the bag for, what, another five years. That drubbing of the Jets, that gets him a couple years of contracts because, you know, people are going to throw money at him. Maybe even bring him in as a backup somewhere else or if or stay the, with the birds or go someplace. that Somebody that needs a quarterback. I mean, shit, I would try him out in fucking Denver over Teddy Two Gloves. I mean, I, I would throw him out there over – I would over. I'd throw him out there over Taylor Heineke. I mean, I know they're all on a tear here, the Redskins, but, I mean, he looked good. He looked good. Uh, I yeah, mean, it it was like never a doubt, that game, from, from the first snap, from the first drive, even after the kickoff and they went right back down to score. I, I felt confident with him back there. Is that weird?
1: No, I, didn't. I felt confident, too. He was giving me Detmer vibes. I mean, Detmer going on the road Monday night football against the 49ers. The Maniac is doing the belt whipping that he pulled out on national TV. I thought Minshew was going to do the Detmer touchdown celebration. He was getting hyped after the game, during the game.
2: That's I mean, why was he like was so hyped sick. up with his dad after, because he was like,
1: yeah, money. <laughs> By the way, like, if you're Minshew, that's the play, right? Maniac, like. If if I'm him, I don't want an opportunity to start anywhere else. I'll just be this no, he's pinch Back up. secure that bag. Remember that all that money Chase Daniel got for being a mentor and a guy who could play like one game. I mean, he stunk. He was so bad. Minshew can at least come in and play.
2: Chase Daniel.
0: Yeah, I, th- I, I I thought Minshew did a nice job, and I think I think we live hey, in Jeff this world. I think we live in this world where you have to take one side or the other. But I, I think you, you can be objective and say that Garner Minshew played well on Sunday. And you can also say that, that I don't know, you don't think there's a quarterback controversy and that, that Jalen Hurts ha- has earned the right to come back in. I mean, everybody only remembers your, your last performance, and for Hurts it wasn't great. Um, but he's done an admirable job, and I didn't really see – to me, at least, I don't know what you guys think. I'd like to get your opinion. I didn't really see that many throws that Minshew made yesterday that Jalen Hurts couldn't make. Oh, I saw a bunch.
1: I mean, really, the ball the ball that he floated to Goddard for the yeah. touchdown.
2: That was an exact same play from earlier this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know what it reminded me of, and I'm not I'm not ready to go there yet. Like, I agree with you. I think Hurts is still the guy. Like, I think he's a young player. I don't think you can pull the plug on him this soon. We kind of know what Minshew is like. He can he can play, but it reminded me a lot of watching the the difference between Foles and Wentz in terms of the catchability of the ball. Like Wentz would just rocket balls in there, whereas Foles would just throw these little buttery fluff balls that would like it was like a pillow coming into the receiver's hands. I mean, Minshew had, threw threw a couple balls yesterday that looked like they were coming down on parachutes, like you know, like the uh, paratroopers in World
2: War II.
0: Well. I, I would like to comment on that, um, and, and Maniac, I'd like to get your thoughts, too, but he Minshew looks like another guy with a weak arm. I mean, you talk about balls coming in on parachutes. They surely, sure, sure as hell weren't getting zipped in there, um, and, and, and the first touchdown it got, a great throw. Does Hertz make that throw? I don't know, but people are quick to forget that the first half that Hertz had against Denver this year. I mean, he played out of his mind, like Minshew did in the first half on Sunday. High um, altitude. High altitude
2: ball is gonna fly around a little better,
0: a little easier out there for
2: James. (laughs) Cutting through the air,
0: but no, no, hear me out. But I mean, the the second TD to Goddard, I mean, I'm nitpicking maybe didn't hit him in stride. There was a third down play. It was a crossing pattern to Watkins, and Watkins had to come back to the ball. Luckily, the guy covering him was like fell down, and he was so wide open. But like that, that was a throw off the back foot that that was not really hitting stride. Um there was a crossing pattern to Smith that was thrown behind him allowed the defender. So I'm I'm not shitting on Minshew, but you know, it was it wasn't perfect. It it wasn't um, you know, Tom Brady coming in for Drew Bledsoe and, and winning seven Super Bowls or whatever. It was Garner Minshew, who is a good backup quarterback, coming in and doing a really nice job against a terrible Jets team. And and that's all it is. And, and we move on. I, I think that's that's it for me.
2: Do you think or, if, if Minshew plays last week, the Eagles win that game?
0: If he played like he did on Sunday, sure. But, the you know, if, if he's the starter, then the team has the whole week to prepare for Minshew. Not, they're not preparing for Hurts. This whole week leading up to the Jets, they didn't know who to prepare for. And they probably prepared for Hurts because he was saying it as early as Wednesday last week that he was going to play.
2: I totally, I, I love how we're. It's 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 good that we're talking about the controversy and not the defense in the first half, right out of the shoot here because that was just god awful, like swished cheese, man. That was just
0: three straight drives cheese. for the Jets, three straight tutties with three straight missed extra points.
2: <laughs> Can you believe that?
0: I mean, what would you make of uh, of Gannon's performance against the Lily Jets, Bob?
2: I mean, you got
1: little little Zach Wilson who, you know, can't even drink a cup of coffee before the game. The guy can't have anything with caffeine in it. He's going out there, zipping around, putting balls in windows. I mean, has anybody seen him play like that since BYU? Gannon makes like the there's never any. He he makes these guys look so good. I mean, because they have all day.
2: What did they do? I I mean, they corrected it, though, you know, in the second half and.
0: Yeah, they corrected. They kind of just the Jets didn't have the sleep. ball,
2: but I think, yeah, the Jets didn't have the ball. We yeah. ran all over them, but yeah, and that comes into my next thing that I want to talk about. I'm done with Miles Sanders. I, I don't. Wow. I, can't, I can't stand that dude. He's always hurt. He's glass. He's the he glass can't run between man. the tackles, and he's a glass man. He's hurt man. again. Was it the ankle? What was it? And if you had Jordan Howard last week, you won that game.
0: Just oh, I like totally I think agree if with you that played man,
2: Garden. Yeah. Gardner Minshew, if you had Gardner Minshew, I don't know, maybe last week. I don't think so. that's a crazy thing to think. I mean, Hurts but...
0: played like shit, so so let's say yeah, they beat the Giants with Minshew. I, I'm 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 happy to say that Her, Minshew Hurch, and Jordan
2: playoff. Howard. Wow, is that does that tell you the state of the Eagles right there?
0: That's what we're leaning on right now. <gasps> now okay. I I'm, I've been done with Sanders. Um, I mean he played well on Sunday against the Jets, but again. Everybody but Jalen Rager and the defense, which we we both know are, are, are bums, play, played well against the Jets.
2: I got a lot of compassion for a guy named Jalen Rager. I've, I've, I've been listening to you guys lately, even just roasting that guy, and he deserves it. I mean, it's deservedly so. so. It's so, so frustrating, but. Uh, just a little bit of me, like I'm just wor- I'm worried about this guy's gonna off himself. Like he's obviously a sensitive kid.
1: Well, and, you know, I mean, uh, he
2: was wound up those two plays. What the hell is that?
1: Uh, I mean, is he uh, gonna get me, the just, Aguilar treatment? Let me just get this out there. In no way, shape, or form do we, uh, do we subscribe to the theory that we should bully these people into uh, uh making poor decisions around their health due to mental health. But I mean. Rager is cut from the same cloth. The fact that you even say that maniac, he's cut from the same cloth as Markel Fultz. He's cut from the same cloth as Carson Wentz. He's cut from the same cloth as Ben Simmons. What we do is we just drift mental midgets. We get the top picks <laughs> and we just draft mental midgets. Like there has to be some sort of mental status exam that should have to be passed with flying. Like, I don't care about the, uh, what's, what's the thing they do with the draft G the, uh, the test.
0: like Is it like an uh, intelligence test, you mean? Yeah, the wonderlick. Yeah, the like, wonderlick.
1: I, I don't want the wonderlick. Give me the the mental midget test. Are you a mental <laughs> midget? That's what I need to see from this point forward. I mean, you want to throw—I mean, we'll talk about the Flyers later. Throw Nolan Patrick in there? You want to throw him in there? I mean, we draft bums, guys that just can't hold up. And the fact that you said that, Maniac, tells me all I need to know about this guy. He's locking comments on his social media. Buddy, delete the account. If you're that worried, delete the fucking account. Go here. Here's what you should do. Instead of instead of spending time on on Twitter,
2: go fucking buy a jugs machine, dude. I just can't see it. I don't see it. Like I, I mean, he's a, he. Not only is he a mental midget, but he is a midget. That's the problem. I mean, and he's got and
1: weird he hips. Like if you look at his hips anatomically, pads, his hips, but his hips. He looks like he's like modeling for like Barbie dolls, like next next version of like the Ken doll, with the way his hips, the way his like. Pants interact with his ass there's something wrong with like even his outfit
2: and that's where i guess you could just really lay it on howie because i mean he's still a first round pick trade his ass for anything for a couple of sevens i don't i mean get me something get it rid of him get rid of him because he can't do it i mean he just can't do it that's that's the thing i guess now we're just down this road so far you're gonna have to let the season play out but man when you have him and jay jaw on the same roster I'll take jJ. Wow.
0: jaw I mean, Jay jaw looks like Jerry Rice compared to Jay
2: <laughs> <laughs> jaw Rice.
0: No, I mean, it's so bad. He, they they got to get him off the field. They they, they put Boston Scott back. Kenny and
2: Gainwell had a nice game.
0: Yeah, Gainwell did have a nice game. He's had a weird year, huh? Like, he looked weird good year. early in the year. Then then he was uh, not dressing, and now he's back. But, again... Jets, you know, we, we got to buy. We're gonna, hopefully we get healthy. I know Kelsey was nicked up at the end of that game. We we obviously can't play without him because Nate Herbig can't even snap the ball. He's shown that like the three out of maybe the oh ten gosh. snaps he's done all year. He, he's snapped three of them at the feet or over the head of the quarterback. So if Kelsey's out, the season is done. Um, Just punt, bring in the long snapper. Yeah, seriously.
2: I'm watching but, the play with Rager right now, the first missed muffed punt when he like overran it
0: did he try to catch it with one hand
2: i don't know what he's doing but it's you know, like he... the game is too he's just too fat. everything is just going too fast he needs to slow down and like you talk about body types and stuff and like who you know you try to like draft him to be or like what what you kind of anticipate him to maybe turn out to be and it's like you want him to be like a Tyreek Hill. He has like the same build as him, with like that explosiveness. If you could see it, and it's like it's interesting how he muffed that punt, let everybody kind of get close to him, and then he did the old Deshaun Jackson at the Meadowlands kind of move. Like once he kind of like got himself together, and then he could get around the edge there. He was hauling ass. That was like the best play of his whole season. I, feel I was
0: just like. gonna say that was the best return he's had all year.
2: Isn't that interesting? Maniac, you brought up Tyreek
1: Hill and body type. The question I would ask you would be, was Tyreek's was Tyreek Hill's father a 300-pound defensive lineman?
2: <laughs> We're back to that.
1: <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, he's a body type. Come on, come on.
2: I mean, that no, I mean that's a type of style receiver you want
1: Ranger yeah, to be. Yeah, somebody right, that's yeah.
2: going to down the field, Rick, throw I'll it out you. to him, get the ball in his hands, and have him make plays. That he's just not a playmaker. Rager's Seven.
1: favorite play is the punt that's like 10 yards short of where he's standing because no if it could be 10 yards could be 15 yards could be 20 yards could be eight yards. The first thing he does when he realizes the punt isn't traveling to where he's standing. He starts waving his arms. Get away. Get away. Yeah. He refuses to field the ball.
0: Or how about when he locks them? He locks them both out like a T and the ball doesn't even bounce into the end zone yesterday. He's got to pick it up at the
2: one.
0: Ugh. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. shame. He's clueless, but no, I mean.
2: I've got a lot of compassion for the guy. I really do. I hope he gets it together. I mean, I don't, I have no. Ch- yeah,
1: like you know, a, I'd
2: have a some. A snowball's chance in hell.
1: Here's the thing. Here, Here's, you know, you could, oh, here's what you could say. You could say, oh, you know what? Like, you got to have compassion for the guy. He didn't ask to be drafted, drafted first overall. All right. I get that. How much money is this guy getting paid? Are you a football player? Or, or do you want to go be an accountant? Because, like, you can change your fucking career if it doesn't work for you. Like, I've done that before. You just do something different. Find a new job. I don't want you playing
2: wide after the Philadelphia fucking Eagles. Is that your Christmas? Uh, is that on your Christmas list?
0: <laughs> no more Rager.
2: No more Rager and no more Miles Sanders. I mean, honestly, with this run game was rolling when he wasn't out there.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's I, mean, what, that's what... I,
2: mean I, I it's so sick. I mean, football makes you a sick person in your mind, in your head. But I almost am like happy he's hurt and maybe he's out and just maybe we can get a couple of weeks in a row, of just some, you know, Gainwell, Boston, Scott, and Jordan Howard. You're gonna that's... need it against the Redskins. I mean, sure. I, don't, Miles Sanders isn't gonna go for 120 yards against the Redskins. That's not happening, man.
0: No, Boston great,
2: Scott, the Redskin point. killer.
0: I
1: was no, going to. Let's, say, be, let's I was, be careful about throwing around the term "Redskin killer." That is totally out of bounds these days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the we're talking about team. football. We're talking about the WFT. Just to be clear.
0: Now, all I was going to say is that uh, that's what it took was was Sanders going down for for, for for this run game to to get on track. Um. And I agree, Maniac. He he just doesn't seem like the type to to flourish in in a game against a defense like Washington's the way that they've been playing lately. Uh, but 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 of course he'll he'll go off for for a buck thirty against the Jets, sure.
1: Oh, he's used to that playing at Penn State. He could he could run for a hundred at Rutgers, but against Ohio State, what's he gonna do?
0: Fourth and five gets stuffed by Chase Young. But he I, th- I think he's out for for Washington these days. Yeah, he's gone. He he gone. He's gone. Um, I mean, anything else on the game, fellas? I mean,
2: all I gotta just, say is my favorite Eagles player right now, Jordan Mailata, mate.
0: He's That's the best,
2: my freaking boy. Dude, he's you, an ass. You athlete. see, he's mic'd up. I mean, he looks like it just. Dude, we got a stud.
0: Is he? Is he that big that he can't even buckle his own shin strap? Is that why we was having uh Dickerson, you know, tighten it up for him? Corey. Like Corey. Buckle me! Buckle yeah. me! Like, can he not get those Imagine. arms up to his head with the shoulder pads on? Is it
2: Landon Dickerson? You're confusing Corey mate. Dickerson. Mate, <laughs> You're confusing Corey Dickerson, who was a great baseball player for the he was a for bum. a little while. He was
0: while. A stiff. Who said Corey? I loved him. I said, said Dickerson.
2: Landon Dickerson. Did you say Corey? I, I said Corey. You said Corey. I just went there. He said Landon. Buckle me, mate.
0: Yeah, no, there's shit. there's there's like two or three plays every week where that guy just com- completely puts someone on their seat and you love it. That's a, that's a good call, maniac.
1: By the way, I mean, I'll yeah. throw this out there. You know, you can't do it because he's a left tackle. But if he was not a left tackle, like let's say he was a backup, he's a better option at punt return than than Rager.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that.
1: Like I've seen the film. Like this guy just bowls guys over like that. These little gunners come running down the field. You think a gunner wants to run twenty-two miles an hour into that fucking guy? Good luck.
0: I totally forgot he was a rugby player too, right? So he's got he's got that uh, you know that that element to his game possibly.
1: Oh yeah. And by uh, the way, like I said that, like oh, we don't want to put our left tackle out at kick uh, punt return, obviously. But like it shows you how little Sirianni thinks of Rager. Like the idea that the team is putting their first round wide receiver draft pick back there, ki- returning kicks. Like o- other
2: teams don't do that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think that's just a way to to make Howie happy that he's getting him on the field.
2: Yeah, I because think there's... so too. I think it's like he supposedly has such breakaway speed, explosive speed that yeah, I don't. I don't I'm not seeing it. It's not working out. I don't, put Quez Watkins back there.
0: Yeah, Quez had a nice, nice little game on Sunday. Yeah, he did. I I think he's a serviceable guy on you know a three or a four on on a team with an actual receiving core, not just Devontae Smith.
1: I mean, why yeah, can't they be... go out? Why don't they have a veteran receiver on this team? Like, is does anyone else is, is anyone else shocked by that? Like, we just have all these young guys. Like, I'm shocked that like Sirianni's a wide receivers guy, and obviously he sold that in. Oh, I'll coach these guys up, but but. Like, gosh, um, like some of these receive, like, you know, who's you know, who's really good at that is like Baltimore. Not this year, but historically, Baltimore always gets receivers like after they've kind of left their prime, but they're still serviceable. Like Steve Smith leaves the Panthers. He goes to Baltimore. Anquan Bolden was in Baltimore. Like there's a bunch of other
2: guys, too. But like the Eagles did it with Alshon Jeffrey, really.
1: Yeah, like we need, we need like that. That's what we need in the off season. Like one of these guys who's just like a serviceable vet, and who's gonna haul in like fifty to sixty catches.
0: Certainly feels like a missing, yeah, some something that's missing on this offense, and it's 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 been a few years because I mean it's only been what one or two seasons now without without Jeffrey. But should get Rasheed Bailey. He was he was the guy that kind of filled that void and. When he was playing well, Aguilar was playing well. Yep. Aguilar.
2: It's sick to say that I miss him a little.
0: No. No. I mean, watching this will make you miss uh, James Thrash and and Pinkston and Fred Uh, X.
2: (sighs) No, I don't miss those guys. I miss Nelson. He's a Super Bowl champ. Like uh, Dennis was quick to remind us last week. You can't really talk shit on him. He is a Super Bowl champ. <laughs> good to see you. Good good to see you. It feels good going into the bye. It's got to be it's going to be tough for you guys next Monday. Are you guys going to be on the bye next week cuz the Eagles are on a bye or what what are you going to do to spice up the show?
0: No, no. There's there's no buys uh for Thoughts and There's no the byes in
2: podcasting.
0: podcasting. No, absolutely not. Uh we'll we'll look forward to the last four games of the season. Maybe maybe do a little prediction. Um, but you know, since since you asked and you're here, maniac, well, why don't you give us your your prediction and your outlook for the rest of the season for this team?
2: Oh man, I mean, I've been really just taking the whole season week by week. I'm not. My expectations are low. Come, Come on, man. Build, the bright are you lights build, are on. Check? Come on. Very man. low. Very low expectations. I mean, I, I really hope that maybe. Jalen has a week to get a little bit healthier. You know, I mean, we got four divisional games here. Holidays coming up. I mean, there's a lot of excitement in the air, magic in the air. You know, I could see the Eagles going on a little bit of a run there, and maybe they put it all together and it clicks. And I don't know, maybe, maybe they make a run to get themselves to the playoffs. I mean, that would be great you know i'd like to see it i don't know that washington football team is pretty tough i've been watching them the last four weeks here and uh they better be ready to play come sunday december 19th at one o'clock because that's gonna be you know that's gonna set the tone for for the last four games of the season here that Cowboys game may not mean much to them so i'm i'm almost counting that as a win i think the giants get redemption i mean i mean i think we get redemption against the giants um you know let's let's take their lunch money on sunday the 19th and you know beat the giants and then you know go from there let let the chips fall where they may
0: so it's a, it sounds like you're going are you going four and oh in these last four? Three and one you gotta split with oh, the they
2: can easily go and four as easy as they could go four and oh, I think, truthfully. I mean I'm thinking the Cowboys game is a win, because that I really I'm 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 counting that game as a win at home, January 9th. That could be a total meaningless game, maybe. You never know. Usually it is. But the Giants, we gotta get there's no way they're gonna drop two to the Giants. There's just no way. There's no way. Yeah. There's absolutely no so then way what to, you're lose saying, to that team. So then I, it, co-
1: it comes down to sweeping the skins.
0: Yeah. The or just, skins. Just, can just, can does just three that? and one and, and nine and eight get you in? Probably. Probably. And by oh, the what?
1: way, like don't be a, don't be afraid to look up top like at who so so what? The one seed gets the bye this year, the two doesn't, right? Because there's Correct. an extra team. So if somebody's able to leak, uh, leak or lurch ahead of the uh, of the Cardinals, that candy ass team, you think, you think they're going to be able to stop the run? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say it, but I'm looking for i ru- I'm not looking for a getting in. I'm looking for a run.
0: Give bomb the Cardinals. I yeah. would certainly take them too. I I wouldn't. You want to play, play the Cardinals? For sure, play
2: the Cardinals. I want the Cardinals to play the
0: Dallas. I mean, I I, I, just kick their ass. I want to beat. I want to beat Washington. You know, I I want to just continue to have poop and and be invested in this season because I I got nothing else to watch these days.
2: Your Flyers are just.
0: What a disturbing
2: situation that is.
0: And another thing I, I I wanted to point out I, I heard this uh, on the radio right after the game yesterday and, and I, uh, talking about the quarterback situation this, this this asshole I mean this this is the state of the city that that we live in and, and the fans and, and you know what they pump on this you know this mainstream sports radio they they get these people all riled up this guy calls in and goes this team can't make the playoffs they can't win another game. If they don't start Minshew for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all
2: a girl that I know. I wonder if she'll listen to this, but uh, she's a South Philly girl, like a two streeter through and through, but she's a diehard Cowboys fan, South Philly girl. And she posts on her Instagram, Gardner Minshew today, a picture of him with like the cutoff shirt, headband on mullet, and the chew, and she's like, this is exactly the dude you freaking Philadelphia Eagles should have, dude. He's, like, perfect for the city. I mean, I know he's probably not going to be a starter, but this guy should be the starter, dude, because he's, like, Philly. You know, he's a Philly guy, you know, and that was the problem with Chip Kelly, dude. He wasn't from, actually, from Philadelphia. Like, his zip code, when he was born, it wasn't a Philly zip code, dude. Like, he ain't no Philly guy. Minshew, he might have been born at area hospital for all we know, dude.
0: Well, if he hasn't won anything and he's not, you know, elite, then then he is a Philly guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. What do you hear? When Rodgers becomes, ava- becomes available, there will be a contingent of the Philadelphia fan base that call into the legacy media companies and are saying, yeah, what are we doing, Angelo? I think Minshew had what it took. Why do we got to spend all this money on Rodgers?
2: <laughs> right. Exactly. So Dan, bad, if you do, Dan, if you don't, as that saying goes,
0: it's all it's all extremes. But now we we got the bye, we got the last four, and uh, we got we got something to root for.
2: Bowl I mean, season, baby. That's what I'm looking forward to.
0: What are you looking forward
2: to? Bowl season, baby. That's what I'm looking forward to. Oh, Just yeah. looking forward to it,
1: too, at 22 and 39. Wow. Whew. Just getting high
2: and he smacked. You know, I hit real big over the weekend, boys. Real, real, real big. I needed
0: it. Are we – was... uh, so- sorry to cut you off, maniac. Are, are you staying on with us for, for the duration here, or what's the deal? It's up to you guys. I mean, I don't – you're more than welcome.
1: Well, now I got to hear about this bet.
0: All right. Yeah, why don't you just tell us about the bet, and uh, should should we send you off on a high note with that?
2: And I'll give you two bowl picks. How about that?
0: Beautiful, love that.
2: When's the next bowl games coming up? I think first the
0: first bowl game. bowl game is Friday, the seventeenth of December.
2: So we got Middle Tennessee, Northern Illinois, Coastal Carolina. Wow, there's some there's some good ones. Um, but right, yeah, so no, I had a I had happened. a real humdinger. I read a real humdinger that got me, got me uh, sweating over the weekend. It was a, it was a two-part one, Saturday, Sunday, uh, parlay, one thousand one hundred and fifteen dollar bet, and it was a parlay of the under seventy-two. In the ACC championship oh game, which I think God. I faded.
0: Fade the shade, and, baby.
2: Faded the shade on that one. And then a combination with a money line victory for the Los Angeles Charge Hairs. And man, I was at a family party while watching the Eagles game and flipping through back and forth through red zone. I thought the charge was going to blow it. I mean, they were up huge right in the first quarter and we ended up, uh, sweating it out and getting a victory. Uh, yeah.
0: What know, a Cincinnati little, little
2: $5,000 win. So, uh, Merry Christmas.
0: Cincinnati got to within two in that game. at at one point and they were down 24, nothing. Wasn't it 24, 22? Yep.
2: They came wow. back and then, uh, and fumbled, uh, Took it to the house and, and that kind of
1: Not the first time he dropped something or somebody.
0: Yeah. Whoa, whoa. But it was a Christmas miracle for the maniac. It was. Good for you. It was man. a Christmas
2: miracle for the maniac. And I uh, talk with you that by said,
0: fade I... the shade.
2: Fade. Let it be known. That's right. Fade, follow, ignore, whatever you want. And with that said, I'm really excited because it is bowl season, baby. Bowl season. and And that's my time to shine. And uh, I'm gonna hop off, guys. And it's been a real pleasure. I'd love to come back anytime. It's a pleasure shooting the shit with you guys and hanging in the under the shade, um, talking eagles with you. And, Maniac, uh, do you forward. have any?
1: Uh, th- first of all, thanks for coming on. Do you have any plugs you need to get get through before jumping off? Wait, wait. No, wait. no plugs, plugs
2: at this time. I mean, we're yeah, well, you, you know, as always, we're working with Park Sportsbook, So, uh, you know, we're excited. I, I got a new gig going with them right now um going to be coming out with I think some more golf content with those guys uh, so you know make sure you follow me on social media and and uh, look out for free bets and uh, other goofy content with me and my kid because that's how I like to get down you know it
0: so, so no no picks maniac but- no nope.
2: I got picks for you I got picks for you leave you us know, with it,
0: two picks and leave us with where we can find you on the socials and where, where you want to be found
2: yeah, find me on Instagram. That's my that's my go to, Maniac Malloy. So uh, you know if you guys like like what you hear here and and you know me fucking around with GM bomb gets you going, then you need a little more. I'll go on over to the Instagram and, and and say what up to me, Maniac Malloy at Maniac Malloy. All right, bowl season. That's where it's time to shine. A lot of money to be made here coming up. Um, I'm looking. Forward to that first bowl game, nothing better. Uh, you know, it'll be on December seventeenth. Actually, Nassau, Bahamas. Go with Toledo in that game. I, I don't even know what the spread is. You guys got a spread on that for me right now? I, I, I just take Toledo. Yeah, I got the day.
1: I got the Toledo spread right here. Come on, what man. do you got? Come <laughs> on, let's hear it. I don't have that at my fingertips, but I like Toledo too.
2: I like Toledo, and. I really love BYU against UBA in the Independence Bowl. Whatever that spread is, I don't even care. Lay, lay it all. BYU all day. You got to go with the Mormons. After seeing Zach Wilson yesterday, you know, why not? Little Reno Mahe, love. Uh, so yeah. I'll give you guys two picks. You got any more for me? What about this weekend? What are you guys going to do with your picks segment this weekend?
0: We we got Army-Navy on Saturday.
2: Uh, Navy all day. So that's three picks for me. How many do you usually give out each week?
0: <laughs> About four to five per, uh, you know, per league, college and NFL.
2: You want me to give you out two NFL picks too, real quick?
0: If if you're if you're feeling it, maniac, you're here. He's give hot, the
1: guys. Remember, yeah. this guy's hot.
0: Yeah, this I is not I this mean... is a, this is not a fade. This is a uh, a guy that, that that is throwing cash around and and, and counting it up here Monday night.
2: I'm going with – I love the Cowboys over the Redskins. I think the Cowboys are going to come back around here. They're starting to get their offense going once they figure out that they need to hand the ball off to Tony Pollard a little bit more than Zeke. So let's go ahead and we'll we'll ride the Cowboys. And then I definitely, definitely can't wait to see this Cardinals-Rams game next Monday night. That's what I want to see. Let's ride with the Cardinals on that game. They're the favorite as well, so so we'll <laughs> go with the Cardinals. The Rams. I love the hype on the Rams. People think that they're fucking something because they got Von Miller and Odell Beckham and all this shit. They are the biggest bunch of phony, baloney, jabronis that have ever stepped on an NFL field. If you ask me, they're fucking frauds. So ride the Cardinals next week. Ride the Cowboys. We're going with Toledo, Navy, and BYU. There's my five picks, rock and roll, boys.
0: I may play that. That's that's awesome work, um, Maniac. Again, thank you so much for coming on and, and being with us. And, and thanks for the picks, dude. I mean, I, I didn't know we were getting that coming in, but happy to have it. Always welcome back on the pod, friend of the pod, the Maniac. Thank you boys. for joining. Thoughts from the Shade.
2: Thoughts from the Shade, guys. It's been a pleasure. This is my cherry being popped. Over and out, boys. Sayonara.
0: Thanks, brother. Take care.
2: We'll see you around.
0: Wow, what a guy. Legend.
1: You gotta. I mean, I don't want those picks separately. You
0: gotta parlay the picks. That's a five-leg parlay. That's gonna span over what the next two weeks here.
1: Like a fucking month.
0: A A month. Um. Yeah, he brought up an interesting point. I mean, I said it about the Rams last week and how kind of think they're frauds and the hype train. And I said I was never going to bet them again, but they were part of my 4-0 sweep on Sunday. Got to get that plug in there after the the and 5 uh, fade the shade of Yahtzee in, in college on Saturday. But, you know, the, the Rams at home against the Jags, of course that's a spot they're going to show up and blow a team out. Um, but... The maniac might be on some big game uh, against the, uh, the Cardinals coming up next week. Maybe, maybe, maybe a spot. They don't show up.
1: Yeah. They'll shit down their leg.
0: Um, yeah. So we were kind of letting the maniac do his thing there, Bob, but did you have anything else on the birds or on the NFL before we get to college?
1: Nah, let's move on to college.
0: Let's just move right on to college. Um, championship week is in the books. It's, almost the middle of December. Crazy to think another college football season is behind us. And we've got our four team playoff set uh, for new year's Eve. And after uh, the throttling of the Georgia Bulldogs by Alabama on Saturday in the SEC championship game, the crimson tide, big shocker here. Your number one seed in the college football playoffs. Um, Michigan, Michigan, Also a throttling of the Iowa Hawkeyes on Saturday night. They're in at two. Georgia drops to three. And our Cincinnati Bearcats, the first non-Power 5 team to make the college football playoff, in it for 13-0 after the win over Houston on Saturday in the American Conference Championship game. Bob, your initial thoughts on the four teams uh, that we've got in this playoff.
1: Well, it's absolutely criminal that, that Cincinnati's four. I think Georgia's – who have they – do me a favor. If you're listening to this and, you have a, and you're have and you sitting on your laptop, you're grinding away at work, do yourself a favor and just Google Georgia's schedule. They've played fucking nobody. They've looked dominant, great, but they played fucking nobody. So, for me, I probably would have let them get throttled again by Bama. Had them at four. We're left them out and put Notre Dame in, but um, yeah, excited to see Cincinnati. I mean, talk about a test, a tough test. And I just want to remind everybody: like Cincinnati loses by 17 points, that's not an indictment of Cincinnati or the Group of Five. Like Michigan State went a, went a few years ago and got beat by like freaking 40 by Bama. So you know, I, I'm excited. I'm interested to see what they do. They play a wonky defense. They play a three-three-five. I'm actually kind of hoping they pull a little bit of a Belichick and just totally change their defense ahead of the bowl and maybe play something a little more stout up front because I think Alabama's gonna try to run the football down their throat, play big boy smash mouth SEC football now that Mechie's out. And if Cincinnati can maybe, I don't know, get another lineman on the field and stop the run in the early downs, I, I think their their secondary can hold up. So I'm excited to see that matchup. I think the quarterback is a stud. I think Ritter's a stud. The running back and play this kid Ford. Um, man, all I all I can say is don't don't let Cincinnati hang around.
0: I agree. I mean, I I, I don't know what the result of the, the game will be. I believe the line opened around 12 or 13. I don't have it in front of me at the moment, but. I think they, they got, they got dogged as well. I mean, for the year that they had, I mean, that is the worst draw that they could have gotten. I mean, I th- I think if you were Cincinnati and, and you were sitting at four, you'd be hoping to get, to get Georgia. If, if they would have won that game, um, I had them at two in my rankings and, and had them playing Michigan. And I think that they would have a really good chance in a game against Michigan and in a game against Georgia, but this is a tough draw for them. Um, but you know this this is what the committee does, and the committee was looking for any way not to include them. Just the way that the season and the conference championship weekend transpired, they they, they had to be in, and, and here they are. And, and lo and behold, of course they get uh, Nick Saban and, and the Crimson Tide. So it's a it's a tough draw, but you know I think uh, I think they'll put forth an admirable effort. I really do.
1: Let me ask you something, and this is this is why this whole thing is criminal. The the ending of the Oklahoma Oklahoma State and uh, Baylor game where Oklahoma State couldn't punch a ball in the end zone. The running back it twice, yeah, right. They had how many plays inside the the ten? I think it was like seventeen plays inside the ten. Um, the running back bounces it right, and he's got a what appeared to be a DB. If he runs that guy over, okay, rather than playing for the pylon and they score. I'm not even certain the committee would have been put Cincinnati in, which is fucking criminal.
0: I'm with you. They they were looking for every reason not to, and, and I mean, I watched the Bedlam game. I watched the Big Twelve championship game. That Oklahoma State is not very good, and I, I said otherwise on this podcast uh, in previous weeks. I mean, they they have they have a strong defense, but. The quality of the Big 12 and the, the quality of so college bad. football overall this year was, was not great. And Cincinnati, sure, they, they had a little rough patch against some underwhelming opponents throughout the season. But when when, when push came to shove and it was crunch time and, and time to win against the the premier teams in the American, they, they blew the doors off everybody. And they got yeah. it done. They came out unscathed. So they should be rewarded for that. And the committee thinks that they are rewarding them for putting them forward, putting them in. I think Cincinnati's the second best team in the country right now.
1: I do too. And keep in mind, like you can talk about their strength of schedule. Um, look at look at who Georgia's beaten. Nobody that's on that graphic, right? Um, Michigan. Who have they? Michigan beat Ohio State. Ohio State is is ranked six, which is I'm not even going to go down that path. But Ohio State's six. Bama beat the the number three team, right? Well, it's not like Cincinnati's big win was against, like, number 25. Notre Dame is right below them.
0: Yeah, and it would have been interesting. I mean, I I think it's worth the conversation um, and and talking to people on Saturday as as Bama was dismantling uh, the great monster that was the Georgia Bulldogs this year, but you know, and it, it's set, right? The playoff is set, but I was asking asking people, did Georgia play themselves out of the college football playoff on Saturday? Like, I don't want to watch Georgia and Alabama play again. I know what'll happen. I've been watching it for for ten years,
1: <laughs> yeah, as you know, I, I would have put Notre Dame in over them. I think, um, think they're peaking. I just think I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously it's tough to, but the problem is Kirby Smart, right? He could have rested his guys. He could have, you know, it was it was an ego play for them to try to play that game and try to, you know, quote unquote slay the dragon. If I was Kirby Smart, sorry, it ain't gonna happen in the SEC championship game. I ain't fucking I ain't fucking touching this. You guys are sitting. The backups are coming in. If we lose by fifty, we're still in because I rested my guys. I would have made a mockery of the whole thing.
0: That's an interesting take. What, you, ju- you just mean you you just would have rested them so that it wouldn't, like, shatter their confidence to get blasted by Bama? Is that what you mean?
1: Well, and also to rest them.
0: Like, there's I mean, no need for I us mean, to... I sh- them. The bowl isn't for another, like, three and a half weeks.
1: Well, say that to Alabama, who just lost John Mechie. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, you could have, you could have... And who knows? Maybe maybe Kirby Smart's smarter than we think. Like maybe it was a rope-a-dope game plan. I have no idea. But that defense, which was supposedly so dominant, got fucking throttled.
0: They got gashed by 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 an Alabama offense that looked far from elite this season. Yeah. Now I know you talk about Notre Dame, and we and Brian Kelly's out and Marcus Freeman's in, uh, a lot of great content between uh Freeman and Tommy restain as the offensive coordinator. And you know, the content that you shared, you're getting the jersey back out, Brian Kelly's gone, you're, you're back in. You're you're officially an ND Hawk again. But, but I, Hawk. Got, I I got to come at you a little bit. And I I don't like Georgia, and I don't like their schedule, and it it flew under the radar because they were undefeated and hadn't lost a game. But I I think they ultimately did the right thing that, that Georgia that Georgia stayed in. Now I would have had them at four. I had them at four in my rankings. But how how could you really make the case that Notre Dame should be in the playoff over Georgia? They 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 sat on the sidelines on Saturday as they do on every conference championship Saturday, and they they had the loss to Cincinnati. Good loss. Good team. But they don't play in a conference. Georgia won the SEC East. And if you look at the schedule for Notre Dame... Stop. stop. No, stop. You stop. Listen. Notre Dame plays like the bottom feeders of every conference. You look at Stanford, the Georgia Techs, the Purdue's, the Virginia's. Like, What kind of schedule are they playing? Oh, they played USC. Well, USC hasn't been good in in 12 years. Well, let me tell you something, G.
1: You'll have a chance to... uh... Reconsider your viewpoint. Labor Day weekend 2022. Because you know where they open? SC. Try again, my friend.
0: I, I don't know this one. Columbus, Ohio. is it Ohio State and Notre Dame to open next year?
1: At Ohio State. First, the first regular season game of the Freeman regime. I mean, are you kidding me? That is going to be hyped.
0: That'll be awesome. That'll be one of the best opening game weekends in years.
1: So, I mean, yeah, you could say they didn't have a great schedule this year, but like I think there is some people who say like oh, Notre Dame just like ducks everybody. They really don't. I mean, like a couple years ago they had a home and home with Georgia. Um a lot of it is dependent upon how good SC is. I think SC will obviously be much better with with Lincoln Riley, but you know, they they're a, they're a good program. I mean, I you know, I'm I'm kind of saying it tongue-in-cheek. I would have put them in over Georgia. But the reason I say that is because I would have Georgia at four. So if I have Georgia at four, why do I just need to see the same game that I
0: just saw where they got fucking throttled? So no, that's I, kind don't, of I don't want to see that again.
1: Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, not to uh, – I don't know if you have anything else on the CFP or if you wanted to kind of touch on Notre Dame and some of the coaching changes. But I was watching ESPN the other day, and I think it was Street who said it. He's like – He's like, do I do I dare say it? Like, is going to Notre Dame now cool? He's like, they have, like, young guys in place, like Tommy Reese, Freeman. Like, it's not these, like, old heads, right? It's, like, it's literally young guys who speak the lingo of the younger generation, Um, you know, know the types of, of topics to hit on, you know, on the recruiting trail. Uh, you know, Tommy Reese was on the private jet the day after Freeman uh, was named head coach go in recruiting. And previously the, the private jet was reserved for Brian Kelly only. So clearly Jack Swarbrick, the AD at Notre Dame is seeing things a bit differently. Wants to unleash the youth on, you know, on the recruiting trail and see if they can bring in a different type of player at Notre Dame. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I like the Freeman hire. I, I, I like the guy. I like that restate and it, like all the content that they put out in the videos. And, how hyped the team was when Freeman came out in that suit, like really awesome stuff. And I, I maybe I do like hate Notre Dame a little bit. Like I kind of do, but you know, like a lot of things we do, we get a little hyperbolic, but I would have loved to have seen Notre Dame get in at four and have the first game of the Freeman era be a college football playoff game. Oh. And if they, you know, if they were able to go in and win and somehow win the natty, and stick that in Brian Kelly's chops like that would have been awesome. I would have absolutely been rooting for Notre Dame if they got in.
1: Yeah, I, and that, that's part of the reason why I, I wanted to see them in. And um, But, yeah, they'll have a chance next year. I mean, I just think it's, you know, you got your coach poached by a program that historically you should never be getting your coach poached from. Right. Notre Dame is a blue chip program like LSU you know, of yesteryear, you can't, obviously the dynamics change money, this, that, and the other. But like, I actually think Notre Dame came out on top with everything that transpired.
0: I I don't disagree. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's a shame. It's a shame they didn't get in and and Freeman doesn't have a chance to, you know, really make, make his mark, uh, in, in a crazy situation with how Kelly left and the timing and, how it all transpired, but no, I I think there's a lot of energy around the program, a lot of energy around the hire. Um, Can, can they overcome, you know, the, uh, the academic standard that doesn't allow them to recruit like, like some of these sec schools and some of these other, you know, big uh, blue bloods. Can they overcome that with, with the energy of Freeman and Tommy Reese and, you know, the young, cool vibe, like you mentioned, why not? Yeah, We've got to we we see it play out.
1: Might make a kid who's got solid grades and is thinking about going to, like, a state school reconsider, you know what I mean? Like, rather than playing for that blustery prick Brian Kelly. Like, I look at him on the sideline, and I think, who the hell would want to play for this guy? Like, he's an asshole
0: to everybody. Yeah, I mean, he, he left. So, the news broke while we were recording this pod last week on Monday night, and the players found out over social media and Brian Kelly sends out like a team text or a team message. Hey guys, I'm sorry that you didn't get to hear this from me, but get set your alarm for fucking 6 a.m. and come come to the football building so I can give you a three-minute spiel and hop on a PJ to Baton Rouge and and leave you hot and dry. Like and then and then he's in Baton Rouge at center court at the basketball game, you know, with with his uh louisiana accent and saying how great it is for his family and all this shit you know just completely just grew an accent overnight like how can you look at that guy and 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 think that he's someone that you'd want to play for when notre dame's pumping the video of marcus freeman coming in sharp as hell in a suit getting sworn by the players in the weight
1: room yeah totally totally different vibe and I don't mean to go there, but I have to ask you because of just the the power shifts that have occurred over the last week in college football, you know, with Venables and Lincoln Riley and Kelly and Freeman and a whole host of others. I, I think every program has this energy to them with, with this change, right? Um, and I have to ask you, being a Penn State fan, like, and also watching like Michigan with with Gaddis and some of the things that, that they're achieving. What's going through your head as the coaching carousel seemingly leaves nearly every program in a better position than it was even two weeks ago?
0: It's disgusting and it stinks. And I'm not looking forward to the future of Penn State football. You know, you, you mentioned it the carousel and everything's improving for everybody. And we just had two of the worst years in recent memory, and, and two of the worst years under this bozo Franklin, and we're locking him up to a 10-year deal and, and giving him the bag. And his long his long lifetime coaching buddy Brent Pry leaves for Virginia Tech. I mean, th- and he never really wanted to pursue a head coaching gig. I mean, does he know that Franklish, Franklin's shtick is up and and that he's never going to get it done? I mean, you know those guys were like peanut butter and jelly or bread and butter, whatever you want to say. Like you know they they were always together, and they're great friends and great coaching buddies and bouncing things off each other and great guys to work with, you know, all, all the typical b s well, he left for Virginia Tech. I mean, that, that's not an easy place to go win, yeah,
1: and, Gad- and everybody's talking about Gaddis over at Michigan. I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, Gaddis. Assistant under uh, under Franklin, he goes to Bama and works under Sabin. He goes to Michigan under Harbaugh, and it takes him a little time. But now he's got this offense clicking. They're hanging 42 in the Big Ten title game, two seed going to the playoff. I mean, we shit on Harbaugh as Penn Staters that, you know, he hasn't beat Ohio State, he hasn't gotten to the playoff, he hasn't done this, he hasn't done that. When when all is said and done after this year, Jim Harbaugh got to the playoff before before James Franklin. And that's disgusting. And even in this 7-5 and five shit year that, that Penn State had, they got a strip sack late in the fourth quarter. All you had to do was go 15 yards to punch in a touchdown to beat the Wolverines, and you couldn't even do that. Like, you couldn't even spoil their season, and now they're in, and, and they, they've got a shot to, to beat Georgia and play for a national title. Yeah. Disgusting.
1: I just don't understand what the why Penn State fans are so afraid of the unknown. Like everybody seems to think that that if Franklin leaves, they'll never be able to find anybody who can even like do half the job that James Franklin's doing recruiting. Like never mind the coaching and the development and the winning. Like they don't even consider that. They talk about the recruiting. I just what is what is so frightening about the difference between like seven and five and like five and seven. You know what I mean? Like why not take a step back to take a leap forward? Like I just, I just don't understand why so many fans are hellbent on allowing this guy to continue week after week to post his bullshit on social media, um, recruit these guys and bring them in and have them not win anything. But um, I mean, I guess at least they win 1 0 every week on Twitter. Like 1 0, 1 0, 1 0, Illinois, Illinois, Illinois. Like, I guess maybe that, maybe they're counting that similar to the way that the Eagles beat reporters are counting like joint practice wins. Like, I, I'm not sure exactly what it is we're measuring against, but if you look at playoffs, like like you said, G, like winning the Big Ten, he did that once. Making the playoffs, never done it. Um, you know, you really just have to question, like, why are so many fans hellbent and fanatical around. Keeping this guy,
0: I think a lot of it at this point in time plays into the recruitment of of Aller and the recruitment of of Singleton, both top twenty players overall in the uh, the twenty twenty two class. Aller, I believe, is up to three overall, is the number one quarterback. Singleton is the number one running back, and they'll be coming in next year. But, I mean, you you I I, I don't know. I mean, I. I, w- I wanted to say something, but it, it wasn't right. I was going to say you can't polish a turd, but that's not, that's not the right right analogy or uh, metaphor for the situation. But well, maybe it is. like These guys can't come in as 18-year-old freshmen a- and make Franklin look like some genius a- out of the blue. Sure, are they great gets in recruiting? Yes. Are they going to turn this team around next year immediately and have immediate impact? That That's a huge question mark, especially with the schedule that Penn State has next year. I really, believe they have Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Auburn in the first, like, six weeks. I mean, it could be really ugly next year, but, you know, all, all those people this year, they're like, oh, well, Allar's coming and Sigleton's coming. Well, who's going to block for them?
1: If if that's the argument, then those guys better be enrolled this spring at spring practice or the summer, whatever it is that early enrollment period. And they better, they better be day one starters because if you're telling me there are these generational prospects that we can't fire our coach over, but at the same time, they're not playing on day one opening opening game uh, next week, then there's a mismatch of expectation in my mind.
0: 100%. No, it's, it sucks. You know, I'm a huge CFB fan. I'm a huge Penn state fan, unfortunately. And you see the coaching carousel and how everybody's getting better. Everybody's excited about who they got and where they're going. And we just have this con artist that makes all these insane proclamations about going one and know and doing everything uh, at an elite level and being the most competitive environment uh in college football, you know, in the weight room and on the practice field, um, and 107 K strong or 110 K strong. I mean, this guy's got, got more pitches, um, than you know, than a used car salesman. It, it's, it's disgusting. And, and like you said, people are afraid of change and going away from the guy. Like he, he's, what is he? He went four and five last year and he went seven and five this year. So, if uh, if I can do some some quick math, I believe that's 11 and 10 in the last two years. You're you're afraid to to lose that and and let that go move on? It's insanity.
1: Yeah, I don't get it. And people people like really, I mean, I mix it up in the comments section on Instagram, like people get really heated if you even question like Penn State football and and James Franklin and I just don't understand like the Paterno thing made sense. Like the guy was just like an institution. He was there for decades. Like, why are people so loyal to James Franklin?
0: Um, Paterno was there too long as well.
1: Way too long. Yeah, he was there way too long. But, I mean, just in the sense of, like, people were like, all right, like, he's been here, he built this program, like, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? But, like, James Franklin, you know, he showed up after, what, winning, like, eight or nine games at Vanderbilt? It's about what he's done at Penn State, right?
0: Yeah, on average. I would say that's accurate.
1: And and I know Vanderbilt like is a tough place to win at. Like they've they've stunk since he left, and um, and it's a tough school academically to win at. At the same time, it's also in the SEC East. So you know, Franklin's this great recruiter. He was able to recruit his way to what seven, eight, or nine wins in the SEC East. It's about what he's done at Penn State. Have you hit your ceiling with this guy? I mean, I I would look at the data and say, yeah, you've probably hit your ceiling with this guy, at head coach.
0: I definitely believe that, that that we've hit the ceiling. And I think I talked about it last week. Talking about Barkley and, and McSorley and Gasicki and Godwin and the, and the years we had all those guys. Um, the other thing that happened this week that kind of made me shake my head a little bit was uh, Carolina let go of Joe Brady, offensive coordinator. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator for LSU and they won the, the natty. I believe he was a grad assistant under Franklin at Penn state. I mean, we just we were in such a rush to lock up JF. I, I I don't use CJF anymore because the guy can't coach. He's just JF to me. Um, but I mean, his agent did a hell of a job, and, and I guess he did a hell of a job to to get that done bef- before this whole carousel. Because I mean, is Penn State in the mix or a Lincoln Riley or a Brian Kelly? Probably not. But Joe Brady gets canned. I, I'd be looking at him. I mean, I know you just got Mike Yursich, and oh, Aller wouldn't come if Yursich left, and all this stuff. Well, like, nothing impressed me about Yursich this year. Nah, Aller and, would come. And, Aller's, and,
1: Aller's an Ohio guy, right? Yeah. Here's what you do, Joe Brady. You you call your boy Barrow and you say, Barrow, make the call. Make the call to Aller. Come on, man.
0: Yursich, don't give me that shit. No, I mean I, I mean, has he stuck anywhere else? I I, I don't know his complete uh, his complete career or, or you know, tenures anywhere, but if he was available to come be offensive coordinator at Penn State, like what 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 does that say?
1: And he's and to be clear, he's coming back next year, Yersich, like like James Franklin couldn't go out and hire Brady as the O. C.
0: No, I don't think I don't think that's gonna happen. I think I believe Yersich is back. Man, dude. That hurts. And now they're, they're looking for, for a D coordinator. So they, they lock them up long term. And there's more uncertainty in this offseason than, than maybe any offseason under Franklin because his boy Pry is gone.
1: But And that was the only part of the team that worked, right? The defense.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, as much as you get on it in the big games and how, how they've Spoiled some of those over the years under Pry, but I mean, statistically, yeah, a a lot of success for the Penn State defense under Brett Pry.
1: I don't see a way out of this. I mean, this is, this is, I'd rather be in college football hell than college football purgatory because it's just the same thing every year. I mean, this is, this is the Eagles before T.O., except they actually were good, but this is the Eagles before T.O. We've reached what we can reach. We either need to add a stud receiver to get over the hump or we, we got to go a different direction. Like that's how I feel about the coaching at Penn state. Like they've, this is the ceiling. What can they add? Can they add anything? If not, you got to go another direction.
0: I'm with you, man. And I, I, I don't even know, know what to say.
1: I mean, just the, even the, you just get. I don't know. I mean, I hate to bang the drum, but like compare and contrast that energy with the youth movement of Notre Dame. It's not. It's night and day. I mean, it's just like night and day. Um. So yeah, I mean that that's really that's really all I got. I mean, Matt Rule's clearly on the hot seat. He fired Brady. Would you look at him?
0: Sure. Yeah, I would. I, w- I would have looked at anybody. <laughs> no, we're not looking now. We're, we're not looking.
1: Ten, ten years.
0: Ten years. Ten more years. I got, I got nothing else on, on college, um, yeah. on the coaching. But I, I did want to say, and, and we'll we'll firm up some details. But I think for bowl season, we're we're gonna run a little uh, a little pick and pool. I don't know if we're gonna do straight up or or against the spread. I'm sure the maniac would would love to partake. Um, so we'll get that set up and, and get the information out, and and we'll have a little something. For the winter, maybe the top three, uh, maybe some cash, maybe a round of golf with Bob and I at Lulu Country Club. Come springtime, yo. I, I don't know, but we'll firm something up. And uh, for the followers, and for the people, and, and you can pick uh, all the bowl games against uh, one of the worst college football handicappers uh, in the Greater Philadelphia area. In G.
1: There's a chance. I mean, you're 22 and 39 in college there's a chance you might get to 50 losses.
0: I made a proclamation about my NFL season and that I'd finish over 500. I'm back to 500. I think it it's almost impossible for me to get back to 500 in college football. But I will say this. It's been a long, miserable year. But like Bob mentioned on Instagram, if you faded me, you had... A historic season, winning at a sixty-four percent clip. <laughs> Don't do that for bowl season. Oh, I am sure. I am going over fifty percent against the spread for bowl season. Well,
1: it's because you're not you're not a conference handicapper. You're a uh, an interconference handicapper. You like seeing the Pac-12 against the Big Ten. That's when your real handicap capabilities come out. You know, the the conference play, you're not great at that. But the, the bowl season, you read right through that.
0: Yeah, I I, I would say it's my expertise or my forte. Um, I mean, I think 50% is going to be easy, honestly, for bowl season. <laughs> it's,
1: the thing is, 64% is literally like, like nobody's ever done that. Like, yeah, that's I a mean, story.
0: There's a bunch of honks and and people trying to sell picks out there and, and telling you, Oh, I go fifty eight percent and that's that's how you win. There's nobody out there that really makes money betting on sports. And and that was never never the uh, you know the idea behind Fade the Shade and, and us giving picks. We're we're bums. We know it. Um uh, but but it's for fun. And but if you faded me this year, you did better than anybody in the world that's selling picks or touting themselves. So, <laughs> we'll have to see how it holds up next year. We, we might be on to something.
1: That chip, that championship slate, which is just five L's down the line, was legendary.
0: <laughs> five L's on Saturday, four W's on Sunday. And one of my friends asked me who I like Sunday night. I gave him the Chiefs, the Chiefs covered, So, that was a 5-0 and o Sunday <laughs> for me. It was a bounce back. But, oh, no, college scary. football was trash this year. But, yeah, keep an eye out. Um, we'll, have, we'll have more details next week and, and on, on the Instagram uh, and get the word out. We'll, we'll put a little pool together and, and and some prize action. And we'll have some fun. We'll make we'll make it fun to watch every and any bowl game this season.
1: Yeah, you know, let's have some fun with it because, like I said, this is we're hitting the peak of football. This is it. And
0: um, we have to savor it. I think there's one more topic we got to get to tonight. Let's do it. Monday morning, early, mid Monday morning, the Philadelphia Flyers. Canned Elaine Vigneault, head coach for the last two plus seasons, um, took the team to the playoffs in 1920, the, the year that, uh, you know, the COVID pause and the bubble. Uh Last season, complete debacle. This season, decent start through 10 games, then complete debacle. I mean, I believe I alluded to it an episode or or two ago, uh, you know, with the schedule coming up and and what we were seeing on the ice. um, that, That really, the only chance for this team to hold up in this difficult stretch was was through goaltending and the goaltending started to slip. I mean, the the, pl- the defensive plays has obviously slipped even worse and, and the shit has truly hit the fan. Um, Monday, the shit also truly hit the ice uh, in, in a great, um, you know, moment that captured what the Philadelphia Flyers have been when a dog, a service dog, took a dump on the Flyers logo at center ice in the Wells Fargo Center. I mean, just... Just symbolic of everything that's gone on with this organization for for however many years now, but all the Flyers problems, um, you know, somebody had to go, and Chuck Fletcher decided that it was head coach Elaine Vigneault and assistant coach um, Michelle Tarian on Monday morning. So Mike Yo, who was also an assistant on the staff on Vigneault's staff, takes over as the interim head coach. Uh, Flyers are playing the Avalanche right now as we record, and I saw they were up one nothing. I don't have the TV on in front of me. Um, I mean, Bob, a- any thoughts? I need, I need to catch my breath before I before I really let it go here.
1: Well, I mean, the weird thing is you, you kind of alluded to this last week. And I also kind of alluded to a mismatch in expectations two weeks ago. So the Flyers have what, lost seven in a row? Is that right, G?
0: Eight in a row.
1: Eight in a row. I believe that losing streak started with an overtime shootout loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and right after that game, the post-game reaction was bombs. Bone a pick of the week. People were acting like the Philadelphia Flyers just like, you know, beat beat the Russians in 1980 with a shootout loss where they where they got a point. I mean, Keith Jones was on television talking about how proud he was of their third period effort. Um, so I think. Clearly, the team is in free fall. I think uh, it's disgusting how the, the honks at, at Comcast and NBC NBC Sports Philly talk about the the Flyers. Clearly, they have uh, an ownership stake in the team. And the question has to be asked, who's holding these guys accountable, G?
0: Nobody. But I, th- I think i got to be that guy now. I mean... Ever since, you know, the, the 2010 Cup run, which, by the way, never happens if if they don't win a shootout in regular season game 82 against the New York Rangers, um, ever since then, I want to say two playoff series wins, one one against Pittsburgh in, in 2012 and one against the Montreal Canadiens in the Edmonton bubble a few years back. Um but it's it's been the same cycle over the past decade for this team and this nucleus and 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 maybe the nucleus has changed a little bit but Giroux has been there all along and Katuria has been there since 2011 or 2012 but this team plays well for a stretch under a coach and you know they make the playoffs they miss the playoffs they they alternate every year they 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 don't do anything of of significance in the playoffs and then they go on a 10 game losing streak and they get the coach fired and the next guy comes in and they find a little spark now that well did they make the playoffs that year or the next year maybe 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 they have enough after the firing to get to the playoffs i mean that's what they did in in the cup final appearance year and other years and then other years they, they, they they don't have enough runway to get back into it but they start playing better after the coach is fired. So then the next coach comes in and, and th- the same cycle goes on. They they play well for the first year. Then they, lobby. Go, then they go on a 10 game losing streak. They get that coach can and so on and so forth. And the buck with that was supposed to stop with the hiring of Ron Hextall, a general manager. And he was restocking the cupboard uh, with all these first round draft picks. Guys like Ivan Proveroff, Travis Sanheim, Travis Konechny, um, You talked about Nolan Patrick earlier. Um, Carter Hart, and that that was supposed to change. Frost, at, at Morgan Frost, as well. So that was supposed to help. And, and while some of these young guys do have talent, and they might have more to give, they are they are part of an organization that is that is cancerous and is setting them up to fail. You look at almost every player that leaves the Flyers and goes elsewhere, they have success. Richards and Carter, Braden Shin. Um, on a lesser extent, the list could go on. And anybody that we bring in, most recent example, despite the hot start, Cam Atkinson, he's invisible. I mean, I mean, coming to the Flyers is like going to Hogwarts and getting the invisible cloak. It, it, it's a joke. But how, I just about, how about even,
1: even Niskanen? He had a good year, and then he said, you know what, I'm fucking done. I'm retiring.
0: He was done. I mean, it's just so bad. Like, I don't want to say I feel bad for Elaine Vigneault, because I don't. Obviously, the guys get in the bag, and something needed to change, and the Flyers will pay him whatever they owe him. I think it's another $13 million or so. Uh, for not finishing the duration of his contract, but don't 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 be fooled. Alain Vigneault might have been the least of the problems with this team and with this organization. I've alluded to it on previous episodes. They don't have the talent. They don't have the top end talent. And there's something wrong with the scouting department, with um, you know management and ownership. They they keep recycling these these same guys and bringing guys back from the Broad Street Bullies. They'll bring them back, uh, you know, when they're in wheelchairs, to to give input on what they should do with the team. And it's it's got to be completely cleaned. Like may, maybe sell the team, maybe get the franchise out. Let's take a decade off from hockey and we'll buy another team in ten or twenty years.
1: Whoa, you're talking about moving the franchise and getting a, getting a new one.
0: It might have to happen. And the saddest part is, is they fired Vigneault this morning, and the first the first name I hear to replace him, Rick Tockett, uh, ano- an- another guy that, that's, you know, a flyer for life. I mean, they, they talk about this organization and how great it is and the rich history and tradition and how it's first class. They, they haven't won since 1975.
1: And it's funny. There's there's other ex flyers that would be better, kept, like Barubi, like Rod Brindamore. Like we can well, never we get those ran,
0: guys. We ran Barubi out of town. Yeah, run Berube him right out. He flyers, He got canned, and then he won the cup with the Blues.
1: Yep. I mean, it's just there's something there's something off down there. Maybe it's the building. You know, the Sixers and the Flyers, they just they just can't win. They don't have a winning culture. Uh, maybe the building needs to be raised. And they need to rebuild on the air on the uh, the land of the spectrum.
0: Yeah. It, it's just it's just everything about it. I mean, my been to pick of the week with Lauren Hart and the anthem and the pregame stuff a few weeks back. I mean Lou Nolan and the uh, you know, what what's the um the music that, that they play? Like the what's the, the instrument? Goal song? Nah, nah, uh, the goal horn. No, nah, not the goal horn. Like the thing that plays the dun dun dun. Nah. Oh, the organ the organ like all of all of that shit it just it just feels stale and, and i think it, it's just a, a poor uh
1: organist is over there just pouring his heart into that every every night
0: i mean he's doing a nice job but you know I, I it's i just associate everything that happens with that team on the ice off the ice in the building outside the building with losing and and, and i hate to do it you know like I'm sure people are working hard. I'm sure the, you know, the players care, people care. Um, and, and they're, they're 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 trying their best. But that that that's not enough. And, and and it hasn't been enough. And I'm sick of watching this cycle of them, you know, making a push like they they might go under Mike Yo here and make a push, make the playoffs and lose in the first round. Highly unlikely, but it might happen. And then they'll bring back Mike Yo next year. And then we'll be in December and have another 10-game losing streak. And then what's the answer? Like, it, it, it just – this this is a vicious cycle of me- mediocrity and purgatory. And an atomic bomb needs to be launched upon this franchise for it to be resolved.
1: Well, you mentioned the Flyers were up. Uh, as of right now, they're down 4-3 at the end of the first. They've given up four goals in the first. Um I gave you my diagnosis of the problem two weeks ago during bombs, bone to pick of the week. We went through the statistics and we looked at their their winning percentage in shootouts as well as their goal percentage in shootouts. That's a symptom of not having enough skill guys. High-end, top-end talent that can snipe, that can stick handle. You know, Coots, um, all you hear about is how great his defense is. You know, don't, don't fool him for anybody with any type of silky mitts. Giroux same thing I mean yeah he can score he kind of plays well below the line below the uh, the goal line there but he's not a guy that's going to skate from center ice and be able to put a silky move on a goaltender and roll it right right in the net they don't have anyone like that they don't have a a Russian that can snipe you from like 50 feet away right and and that's what's missing from this team
0: that amongst a million other things but yeah, I, I don't know what else to say, but it, it, it's really been this last decade of wash, rinse, repeat, with a little bit of success, the losing streak, the coach, and then you know we're we're on what our second GM in in I don't know five six years. I mean Chuck Fletcher's got to be on the hot seat if this team doesn't pick it up. I mean if they go through the rest of this year shit in the bed like they are right now, you, you can't justify bringing back these guys but a lot of these guys are locked up and on big deals. So how do you get out from under that? You really don't. So I, I don't know what the answer is. We'll diagnose it uh, as we go down the road here. Uh, maybe I'll put my hat in for, for flyers GM after the season. We'll, we'll see, but just, uh, I mean, AV out and, and a change needed to be made, but don't let that fool you for, for, for anything because the coach, the, the, that single man as head coach, is not the uh, you know the big the big problem with the team on the ice in Philadelphia.
1: I guess they couldn't bring back Lobby.
0: I think is he still coaching the Caps? I think he's coaching the Caps right now. Is he? I want to say that he is. Um, I just
1: I just want him to go into that locker room and start yelling at these guys, start playing with some jam.
0: That's like the highlight of of the, the 2010 decade is going on YouTube and looking up Peter LaViolette, uh, Winter Classic, you know, HBO series speeches. That's right. That's all we've got.
1: That's the peak.
0: Good God. Um, nah. nothing else there. I, I, I won't ramble anymore there. That's, that's all I got. We'll see. We'll see what the hell happens with this well, team I guess for the rest of the year. My question
1: to you is, you know, i held notre dame accountable for many years i i the jersey was in the closet i actually rooted against them i hated brian kelly now i i'm i'm back i'm ready to roll i'm ready to ready to be a fan at what point as a as a flyers fan do you pull the plug what steps are you taking to move this franchise along
0: well there's two there's two things i want to i want to say to that question My my first is a rebuttal to your point about holding holding organizations accountable because unlike you, I pulled the plug on my partial season ticket plan for the Flyers a few years back (laughs) and you held your Eagle season tickets through all of the Wentz era.
1: Well, I mean, if anything, I held them accountable till they moved them. I had the tickets through the Super Bowl. This is, See, The thing is, I could talk about this all night. I won't. But like, when people rip Jeffrey Lurie, who admittedly is is a bit of an ass at times. I mean, stack up Lurie against the all the other all the other teams in Philly. The, the bozo for the Sixers, that owner, the 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 bozo cigar smoking bozo uh, for the Phillies, spending stupid money and they can't make the playoffs. Uh, in his words, right. right. And then the Flyers with Comcast Spectacore. I mean, Lori really gets a bad rap. He's he he's, he delivered a Super Bowl.
0: He did, he did. Now nah, I I just I had to throw that rebuttal in there because I know you you were you were very uh very anti carson Well, have, I made my voice you know, heard on social.
1: Through.
0: Yeah, no, I I mean I'm making my vo- voice heard here on the pod. An atomic bomb needs to be dropped on the franchise. It, it needs to be completely decimated and, and rebuilt from scrap. Um, but I was a partial season ticket holder. I got rid of those. Um, I, w- I was doing a little Black Friday shopping a few weeks ago, and Flyers tickets were fifty percent off. I saw you get that. An, you get a nice little deal to go, go down to the game, and you know I'd like to go down. I like watching hockey. I I, I couldn't I couldn't even pull the trigger for fifty percent off to watch this slop.
1: Yeah, it'd be better to drive north and go see the Phantoms play.
0: Seriously. So those are the, those are the initial steps I'm taking. Um, like I mentioned, willing to throw my hat in to to take over as GM. Um, maybe, maybe I'll plan a for sale sign outside of the Wells Fargo Center to see if, if we can get, get new ownership for this team. But, um, I mean, ask anybody that knows me. I mean, you know me. I'm I'm a 70 to 75 game out of 82 a year watching this team, and we're we're at game 22, and it's hard. It's really hard. Respect
1: the commitment. Respect the grind.
0: Nah, it's 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 brutal because because winning hockey and playoff hockey is so much fun, and and we just we can't have that. Anything else to touch on this week, Bob? That's
1: all I got, Jay. Shut it down, brother.
0: All right. As always, uh, thank you to Shamrock Sun. Thank you to Menard Detailing. Thank you to Maniac Malloy, our second-ever guest, here on Thoughts from the Shade for joining us uh, here on Episode 23. And as always, thank you, everybody, for listening. Keep an eye out for, for some info, some details uh, on a little college football bowl pick-and-pool coming your way here shortly um but until next week everybody take care have a good one and we will talk to you soon peace